Um, feel like now I should start with uh, a vision that I had uh, sitting third row back, right behind, right, right there, worshiping third row back. I always sit next to an aisle. I can't stand to be inside. I, I got to be on an aisle. I got to be able to move. And uh, it's like I remember st- standing right there, and, and we're worshiping. And I had a I had a vision right there, and in that. <clears throat> vision it just uh, reminded me about we're talking about the river and even Matthew talking about headwaters last week. It's like did th- did those guys didn't they just do incredible last week? Those uh, like that. Love it when we have the three amigos. That, that. but in that vision, I, I was worshiping and I just saw a complete. I've shared this a time or two, but I feel like it's pertinent this morning. I just saw complete bla- blackout, just complete black. And I was just worshiping, and, and it was just, just black. And in that black, that blackness, that darkness, like one spring of water came up, a fountain, a, a fountain of water just, just came up. And that, that, that fountain of water was illuminated water, like living water. And I could see that one. It's like, oh, in the darkness, there's one spring of water and then another one came up and then another and another and another and each one of those was lighted illuminated water and it started to dispel the darkness to where all I was seeing was little bits of darkness and just lots of living water we're just going to call it living water that was dispelling the darkness it's like oh oh this this is a beautiful beautiful sight to just see that the, the living water dispelling the darkness, and I, I, I was. I want to. I want to read this scripture now. This was not in my in my radar to start with, but I really feel like this is so pertinent right now. It's like Isaiah chapter sixty. Linda doesn't have any of the, of my scriptures up there, but Isaiah chapter sixty. I'm just going to start with verse one. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Everybody say, me. Me. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. And deep darkness, the people. Man, have, have, have we ever been in a time in history that any of you have lived where it feels like there's more darkness that's creeping in? It's like, oh my goodness, I think this describes where we are right now. It's like, for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But, everybody say, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Turn to your neighbor and say, you, you, me, you. The Gentiles shall come to your light. Gentile, those that are not believers are going to come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We have this incredible opportunity to be the light of the world. There's a scripture, I think it's in John, if I remember right. I don't have time for this either. This wasn't part of it. But out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. Out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. This illuminated, this lighted water. We're just singing this morning, jump in the river, jump in the river. The river that comes from the throne of God, but the river that comes from the throne of God flows through us, and out of our bellies will flow rivers of living water. Those, <laughs> those springs that dispel the darkness. Oh, that's exciting, isn't it? That's like, that's like great news. It's like I was thinking... As I was <clears throat> just ready to come this morning, actually to, ready to get here, and I, I was actually some of the some of the amazing thoughts that I have come in the shower. I just have to say, be honest, I was still in the shower, and I started thinking about <clears throat> what was perceived to be the darkest hour 
when Jesus had been crucified on the cross, darkness fell for three days. Jesus was in the tomb. Everybody was moping around thinking, oh, he's gone. Our Lord, the Savior is gone. The enemy thought there was victory. The enemy had won the victory. Jesus was gone. He was crucified. So there was a time of, of darkness, three days in the tomb, a time of darkness. And then what happened? He resurrected to the glory of the Father into the light. And as I was showering this morning, I was just, I was just thinking about that. It's like, wow, what, that's, that's just amazing. And, and I'm thinking, you know what? And now I'm not a prophet, and this is not a prophetic word. This is just something that I received in the shower and felt very, very strongly about this morning. I was thinking, it's just like, wow, this is what happened to Jesus Christ. And I strongly believe that this is what's happening to our president, Donald Trump, that, that there is going to be a resurrection that it's going to be a complete surprise, that the enemy is going to be defeated, and that we're... And I think, oh, man, I'm not supposed to be political up here. I'm, uh, we, we, this is not something that we, that we do. We don't get political, but I was thinking, you know, when they were ready to, to take over the territory, when they were ready to inhabit the promised land... Joshua stepped out of his tent. He's wandering around, probably doing his devotions just a little bit. And he ran into this guy. And if I remember right, he even had a drawn sword, and a warrior. And he walked up to him and said, whose side are you on? He said, I'm not on either side. He said, I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I'm on God's side. And I believe, I believe that when we're, that's, why, we, we, we really don't get too, too much into, into politics. In fact, we've never really gotten into politics from up here. But when you look at the principles, godly principles that this nation was established upon, and it, it, the found, exactly, thank you, the foundation of this nation, it was based on godly principles. And it was actually built on prayer. And so, who in the world, I was just thinking, again, in the shower, thinking, men, not since President Reagan have we actually experienced or seen prayer taking place or happening like in the White House or even videos of a president calling people in to pray for him or to pray with him. It's like, you know, so if we're talking about godly principles for this nation and someone who is believing in and fighting for this nation... That just seems to me like a no-brainer. It's not political. It's just a no-brainer. So I believe that there is an hour of darkness that we're walking through, and we're going to see an incredible light. We're going to see like a resurrection of the president that we have had who is in standing for our nation. And I, and I think, well, like, why would, why would that be? But... I also believe the prophets. There's about five or six prophets that I actually trust and believe that are not just saying crazy things to get people's attention. And every one of those prophets is saying Donald Trump is going to be two consecutive terms. It's like it's hard not to believe the prophets. And why would that be? Because America has been a sanctuary for prophets. You know, in the reality, if you think about it, what other free country can a prophet have freedom of speech to be able to to do what prophets are called to do it's really been our nation right so this is like a sanctuary nation for prophets for the prophets of god to be able to come to speak what god gives them so i really believe that the favor of god being on our nation speaking through the prophets that we just have to continue to believe and pray for God's will in this. We want to be on God's side, not trying to pick Democrat or Republican, but God's side. Hmm. We're talking a little bit, and maybe we'll get into a, 
Yes, I'm believing. I am absolutely believing that there's going to be a big surprise. Just like the enemy was so surprised when Jesus resurrected from the dead. It's like, what? We've been fooled. We had this plot, this plan of darkness. We have been fooled. I believe that's what's coming. That's what's going to happen. Okay. I think. We'll get into some more word. Yes, Holy Spirit, we're just leaning heavily on you this morning for the direction, for the word that you want spoken here this morning. I just want to be a mouthpiece for you. Okay. Um, so the first place we're going to go is Luke 19, verse 13. Ah, it's kind of like an eeny, meeny, miny, mo here thing here. That's like, Holy Spirit, which direction do you want? So I go look, find it, and then remember what it's about. Okay, here we go. 13, so uh, uh, we will back up just a little bit to lay a little more foundation for this. Beginning with verse 11. Now, as they as they heard these things, as the disciples heard these things and the, and, the, and the crowd that was gathered around there, he, Jesus, spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Therefore he said, a certain nobleman went to a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minus, and said to them, do business till I come. Do business till I come. Or another translation would say, occupy till I come. So, do business till I come. But the citizens hated him, and they sent a delegation after him saying, we won't have this man to reign over us. So it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded those servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading came to the first, saying, Master, your minus has earned ten minus. So he doubled what he'd been given. He came to the second, said, Well, uh, I mean, he said, Well done, good servant, because you were faithful in very little. Have authority over ten cities. And to the second one he came, saying, Master, your minus has earned five. Master, your minus has earned five minus. Likewise, he said to him, You also be over five cities. And another came saying, Master, here's your mina, which I've kept. I put it away in a handkerchief, for I feared you because you're an asture man. You collect what you did not deposit, and you reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, Out of your own mouth I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I didn't deposit and reaping what I didn't sow. Why then didn't you at least put it in the bank, that at my coming I might have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, take the mina from him, take what he, little bit, the one that he has been given, and give it to the one with ten. And they said to him, Master, he already has ten. He says, for I say to you that everyone who has, who has will be given. And from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Bring here those enemies of mine who do not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. It's like, oh. I just want to talk a, a little bit about, and then, then I do want to, I want to move on, because I feel like I've got some, even some more good news after this, but I feel like I know I have some more scripture with some good news after this, but <clears throat> we are in this, this, this time that we're talking about, this, this dark time where, where we really do need to shine, to rise and to shine, and to do business. It's a time for us to occupy and be about His business, right? Okay. We need to be busy, we know, not, not hold up and hiding. 
You know, it, it, it seems to me, when I think about darkness, talking about the, the darkness back there, it's like, you, I don't get out around and into a lot of stores very much. I'm a lot between the church and my house and just an occasional stop, and I do like to go to restaurants, so get to some of them, but it almost feels like, you know, what's the, what's the darkest holiday? Halloween. You know, if you study into Halloween, that's a pretty dark, dark, scary, yucky time. So it looks to me like when I, when I get out into the, like I went to Bymart, uh, not yesterday, but day before yesterday, and they had a big sale, so I was able to stock up on a bunch of ammunition. <laughs> Redneck. <laughs> uh, really excited about that. But walking around in there and then having breakfast before going in there at, at the restaurant right, right next to there, it's like, it feels almost like Halloween. People are walking around in those masks everywhere, face covered, and sometimes and somebody goes, hey, hey, how are you? It's like, well, who are you? <laughs> Let me pull your mask down so I can see for sure who you are. It's, it's, it's like, yuck, that's just more darkness to me. You know what I mean? It's like, and I know and I understand that, that we, we need to honor, and there are sometimes, I have once in the last six months, twice in the last six months, I've worn a mask for 30 minutes or so. So I have to say I have conformed a couple times when I, when I really felt that it was necessary to do that in a situation where I didn't want to raise a big fuss or make a stink or something, you know. So, but I don't believe that that's something that's helpful to me, so... I, I trust in the Lord. And I'm not saying because you wear a mask that you don't trust in the Lord. I'm just saying that, that adds to the feeling, and it also adds to another level of division. There is so much division that's been created in our nation with, with, this, with, with this darkness, with this what, what's happening. It is definitely there is darkness, there is light, there is a distinct line between the two. And it's just, it's creepy. You can feel it. And you can even go into different areas, different counties, different towns around here. It's like, oh, there is darkness here. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. But, I, and I'm not condemning, again, I'm not condemning anybody for wearing a mask. We, we do what we feel in our spirit, what we're supposed to do, and how we're directed. Okay. Um, I just know that the Lopez family right over here told me, Pastor Lynn, we were so religious in wearing our masks and where we went and da da da, and we all got COVID. Or mostly all got COVID. It's like, well, that really worked, didn't it? <laughs> uh, okay, strike that. Skip that then. I'm trying to say we honor those that, be that, that believe that they need to wear masks, and, and I do. Uh, or at least I'm trying. Okay. Now, what I have just read, every one of us, you know, we're supposed to occupy, we're supposed to be doing his business, kingdom business. That's what we're called to do. And each one of us has been given a gift. First, we were born with a gift, or two, or three, or five, because he knew you, he knit you together in your mother's womb, and beforehand he knew the purpose that you were called to do and what he wanted you to accomplish. In Colossians it says we're created for good works. We were created for good works and we were given the goods, what we needed to do those good works. Now, when we've submitted and committed and asked Jesus to be Lord and Savior of our life and to lead, guide, and direct us and our path, there are spiritual gifts that get handed out. Are you all with me? You receive the Holy Spirit, and then there's spiritual gifts. And we see desire the greater gifts, the things that, that, that we pray for and the things that, that we desire, and He will give us the desires of our heart because when He created us, He put those desires in our heart. So those desires, if truly they're coming from our heart, will be in alignment with his will and purpose for our life. Right? We're all on the same page. Now, when you have been uh, 
given that gift, it's like an investment. I, I, I've got a friend who is uh, not an investment banker, but, but handles money. That's what he does for a living. You know, he, he takes, you invest with him, and he takes that money and uses that money so you get a return on that money, right? That's what money managers, those, those, those guys, those people that do that, that's what they do. And how they make money and how they're blessed is when they're effective in managing your money, then they reap a blessing, right? Well, that's what the gifts that he has given you and me, that's what he has given us those gifts is for us to invest in his kingdom and he expects to reap a good return on those gifts. The gifts that he created you with for good works and the gifts that he's giving you along the way, those spiritual gifts. Is this... And then there's a scripture that says, to whom much is given, much is required. It's like, well, then I'm going to be careful not to ask for too much. <laughs> no, we're, we are to be building his kingdom with the gifts that he's given. The gifts that he's given you, Susie, I mean, and I see and recognize some of those gifts, and it's so cool, and some of them are actually coming down to the next generation through your children, He's not expecting you to just to, to glorify that gift and look what I, I have this trophy. I got this really cool gift. No, it's to end up multiplying his efforts to build his kingdom because of the gifts that he's given you. Expecting you to use it to multiply. Does it make sense? And each of us, each of us, we have been given tremendous gifts by the Holy Spirit. We've been created with amazing gifts. And we are not to bury those gifts, but to use those gifts to build, to multiply His kingdom. So His investment will have a tremendous return. That's what we're called to do. We're to do his business till he comes. Not to go hide in a cave. Okay, we're look now to 22 Oh, we have plenty of time. We're going to go to Luke 10:9. Now, we're going to go to 10, 10, 1. Keep everybody guessing. Luke 10, 1. We're going to start at 10, 1. The, what I've highlighted is 9. We'll be there. So, Jesus has, he had called 70 more disciples. What did you say? 70 more disciples. Called 70 more. He's training them up. He sent them out. Um, he gives them some instruction as to, as to what to do. Um, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. He sent them ahead of himself where he was about to go. We're here now ahead of him where he's about to come. Okay. Then he said to him, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, sack, not sandals, and greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if the son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give. For the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as they set before you. And number nine, 
Heal the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Whatever, oh, we can, we can skip the rest and just jump down to it's number 16. He who hears you hears me. I think we should just say that together. He who hears you hears me. Here, okay, well, let's, let's, let's try this a little different way. Either you look at your neighbor and he, yeah, that sounds even worse. He who hears us, hears him. He who hears us, hears him. Because we're his mouthpiece. Because we're his mouthpiece. Yes, yes. And he who rejects me, he who rejects us, rejects him who sent us. So then we go down to verse 17. Then the 70 returned. This had been one very successful outing. Outing number one. Tremendous success. They come back with joy. Everybody said joy. joy. We're in a dark time, but we can return with joy because we have incredible good news. The light has come. The darkness is being overcome. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. I just think that's something that we should say about three times. The demons are subject to us in Jesus' name. Even the demons are subject to us in Jesus' name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I just want to say, you know, we'll talk about demons here just a little bit. There's a time in my life that I was absolutely terrified of demons. I had about two or three experiences that just scared the hell into me. <laughs> Not out of me, into me. It's like, Ah, I was, it just absolutely terrified me. I would not watch a scary movie. I would not watch anything or even talk about it. I don't want to get into a discussion like that. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah let's don't talk about that. Um, going back to, uh, I don't, we don't have time to, going back to, but I can just say it had a little bit to do with drugs in college. <laughs> I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. This is just a reflection of, of the demonic realm. Uh, serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. We can do all things through God, who gives us the strength and the ability to accomplish what he calls us to. Nothing's going to hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. Now, this is the part that's, that's so incredibly important. It's like we don't focus on signs, wonders, miracles, or that demons recognize our authority when it's in the name of Jesus. We focus on seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then the things that we need to do, that we're called to do, that are in alignment with His will for our lives, are going to just fall right into place. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven, or in the Lamb's book of life. We're living for eternity. We have a focus on eternity. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's number one. And when we're obedient to him, when we're, when we're in relationship with him and obedient to his voice, we then have authority over all things. That makes sense?
I'm going to go down to 22. All things, Jesus saying, red letters, all things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. In Luke 14, 19, 20, 21, it says, Those who love me and keep my commandments are those that I will love, the Father will love, we will be in him, and I will manifest myself to them. Does this make sense? Is that kind of an answer right there? He will manifest himself to those who believe, who love him, and keep his commandments. And in those manifestations is heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely we've received, freely we give. Okay, I want to go Yes, I want to go to Luke 22. Luke 22, I'll start with verse 40. When we were talking about Jesus' darkest hour, we're going to read some, and then I want to elaborate a little on this for the last few minutes of of where Jesus where Jesus was mentally, emotionally, spiritually in in this time, and what his expectation is from us. So, twenty two forty. Well, again, we'll back up one verse to 39. Coming out, he's taking his disciples with him. He's trying to get them prepared because he's going to be going away. He's going to be crucified. And so he's trying to make preparation for his disciples, trying to get himself into place mentally, physically, emotionally, and even spiritually ready for the sacrifice that he was going to have to make. Can you imagine that? Just like, oh, Jesus, 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 we love you. We're, we're so thankful for you. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. Number verse 40, when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. The Lord's Prayer says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus coming and saying, pray. He's not telling his disciples, pray for me, guys. Pray for me for strength. Pray for me for encouragement. Pray for me that I can make it through this. He says, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Everybody say that with me. Pray that I may not enter into temptation. Pray that I may not enter into temptation. Jesus so concerned about him having to leave that his disciples, it's not, it's, it's not about me, Jesus saying, it's not about me, it's about you guys. Pray that you will not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. I'm thinking 30, 40 yards, 100 feet away probably. And he knelt down and prayed saying, Father, if it's your will, Please, I can imagine him saying, please remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. That's what I'm saying. When our prayers, when we're, when we're praying to God, it's like, God, this is, this is my desire, but I, my, my greatest desire is to be in the center of your will. I want your will in my life, Papa. I want your will. Not my will, but your will be done. And I'm just hoping and trusting and believing that, that this prayer is in alignment with your will. So indeed, you will, can, you can and will answer it for me. Are you all with me? If it's possible, remove this cup from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. In verse 43, and this, was, this, is, only in, this is only in Luke. You know, Luke's that, he's the detail guy. And then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. 
How awesome is that? Jesus went off about 100 feet or so from the rest of them. He's telling the, you, you guys, pray for yourself that you may not enter into temptation. As for me, Father, if there's any way, take this, if you would take this cup from me, but either way, your will be done in my life because I want to be in the center of your will. And an angel appeared to him, strengthening him. God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. <laughs> I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you in times of trouble. And lo, I'm with you always, even into the end of, end of the age. He's made these promises that he will be with us. Jesus, in his darkest hour, in his most difficult time, in having to make this decision, telling his disciples, don't fall into temptation. Pray that you don't fall into temptation. Father, my life is committed to you. Your will be done in my life. With an angel sent to him to strengthen him, to encourage him, to walk him through it. And I believe that same thing. He's our example. He had this, he had an incredible temptation. He could have called 10,000 angels to deliver him. He could have easily escaped this, but no, God, I want to be in the center of your will. I want to be in the center of your will. So being in agony, even with the accompaniment and the strengthening of an angel, this would absolutely require the strengthening of an angel. He prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he rose up from the ground and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. And he said to him, Why do you sleep? Rise up and pray, lest you enter into temptation. I feel like that's like the message for today. For today, it's like, don't sleep, pray. Wake up and pray. Wake up and pray. It is not time to be a sleepy church right now. It's time to be a praying church, a believing church. Our nation is just swinging in the balance right now, and it's the prayers of godly people that will tip the balance. Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. And I think, what would that temptation be? It's like, you know what? One of the... Bethany came in, it came, I would say came into my office. Actually, I was sitting at the kitchen table drinking coffee and just studying this, and she, she just asked me the question. She said, do you believe that Peter fell into temptation? I said, like, Absolutely. Absolutely, when, when he denied Jesus three times. So oftentimes there is a temptation, especially, you know, when you are someone that hates confrontation, that, you do, that just don't like confrontation. It's easier to just tell a quick lie so you don't have to deal with that confrontation right then. That's falling into temptation. That's quickly tripping and falling into temptation. There are so many temptations, but I believe, I believe I'm running out of time really fast here. I believe that when we, let's just say when we tell a lie, when we're not obedient to God, there, there's a scripture that I was looking at last night that says, stop lying, go to work with your hands so that you will have money to give to help others. Stop lying. Go to work with your hands. I don't even remember where that was. I wasn't planning on using that today. But it's like there are so many temptations that we can fall into. And when we become disobedient by falling into a various number of temptations, we're then opening the door to end up partnering with the wrong camp. Allowing demonic activity into our lives. That's, that's, that sounds horrible, but if we want to have, if we want to end up having complete authority that he has promised us, we have to stay in relationship, in communion with him, and clean hands and a pure heart, not falling into any various numbers of temptations that avail themselves to it because we want to just take the easy way out. Are you with me? Temptation, temptation, Lord, 
Jesus, keep us from falling into temptation. When in, <laughs> uh, in these challenging times, I think about the book of Acts. I don't have this scripture handy right now, but in the book of Acts, when they were threatened, when the, when the apostles were, were threatened by the, by the people that threatened them, <laughs> by the, uh, yeah, the Pharisees, the, you know, anyway, when they, were, when they were threatened, when they were beaten and threatened, don't talk about Jesus. Don't talk about Jesus. They met, they had themselves a prayer meeting and says, we need to pray about this. And you know what they prayed? Exactly. Lord, give us more boldness to continue to spread the word about Jesus. Give us more boldness. And I really believe that that's a prayer that we need to have in this church and in the churches, that he give us more boldness to speak his word, to share the good news of the gospel with those around us. We all agree? More boldness, Lord. More boldness, Lord. I think. I think. I know. I think this would be a great time. He's again promised us several times. I got scriptures. I will never leave you, forsake you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will give you strength. You can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives you strength. As the angel came to strengthen Jesus to walk through it, the scripture says, I, you can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens you. Let's stand together and Get a, would you bring another microphone up here, Renee, and come with it? Go ahead and come up here and deliver that. Yeah. This right here is a really bold woman. I usually wait, no, alarm goes off that wakes me up. I turn over and, and I'm listening and the first thing that she's doing is thanking the Lord. She's giving him thanks every single morning. And one of the things that I hear every morning is thank you for my husband. Thank you for my husband. And I'm so grateful for that. But <clears throat> the next thing that's coming out of her mouth is she starts making bold declarations for the day. Bold declarations over this church and over the people of this church. And I'd just like her to pray for boldness for she she is a bold bold woman bold in the kingdom strong in the kingdom this is a powerful woman of god right here and i would just like you to speak boldness i i think it's time for an impartation let's just let's just turn our hands and receive as renee just prays and speaks declares boldness jesus we come into your throne room. Jesus, we ask you, Lord, for boldness from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. Jesus, that we will not be led into temptation, that we will not be a wimpy church, but God, Lord, that we are going to be so in love with you, Jesus. Our eyes are so fixed on you, Lord Jesus, that we are not distracted by this world. I thank you, God, for the spirit of courage. I feel like almost like that we are in military training. And when those soldiers are being trained, there is physical uh, training, mental training. And I think that God would honor us if we would just dive into the word like never before. That, um, you know, I was thinking about what if, there comes a day they're taking all of our Bibles. 
how much of the word have I memorized? I mean, what would you do if right now you could not look up in your Bible? You had no way to get the scriptures on your cell phone. What verses would you have to go on? And so, Lord, I'm, I'm thanking you, God, that you're going to give us memories. Lord, memories of the verses that we learned when we were children. Lord, uh, all the Psalms 39, um, Psalm, I, I remember learning these chapters in the Bible, and I'm asking you, Lord, to stir up the gift of memory, yeah, Lord yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Lord, I just pray for our brains to be so protected in this time and season that we have the thoughts that are from the Lord. And if the demonic realm tries to enter our brains, we recognize it and we say, in Jesus' name, get out. In Jesus' name. We've been lied to so much that sometimes we can't distinguish between truth and lies. And Lord, give us a spirit of discernment like never before in the name of Jesus. And Lord, with holy boldness, God, we want our names to be written in the Lamb's book of life, Jesus. And Lord, find us worthy when you come, Lord Jesus. Because Lord, we have no idea how glorious it's going to be. It's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all. And I just want to encourage you to love like you've never loved before. I pray a lot. God, baptize us in love. Baptize this church in love. That when people come from the parking lot, they sense the love of Jesus. Can you just feel a tangible love in this room? And God's glory is coming like we've never known before. Get ready to have the most amazing Christmas. It's going to be amazing. Donna was telling me this morning, Donna, uh, that, that date of that star, you guys are going to have to keep your eyes up. Uh, I'm Donna, I'm coming over here. Can you tell them about that star? The star of Bethlehem is going to be seen again. We are going to see for about five days. The star of Bethlehem is going to be all around the world, witnessed. Get ready. He's coming. Emmanuel, God with us. It's coming. (laughs) Signs in the heavens. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you, God, for all the teenagers in this place. I just speak to you right now. We love you so much. We are behind you. And we're just thanking God that even at school, you're going to have a holy boldness. You're going to have a holy boldness that the angels of the Lord are going to be encamped around you in your school. Thank you, Lord, that they're going to be strongest, the most healthy, the brightest. They get the best grades. And when you don't, it's almost like we don't even know what our kids have gone through this year with the school systems. Like they are it's almost like uh it's just it's not like it used to be where the kids could have friends and just feel freedom there there's this like tense feeling and i just say lord all of our kids would feel the freedom of the holy spirit even when you're out with your friends you're not going to feel that kind of that doom and gloom that's hanging over you and i know that uh all the the children I just thank you, God. You are, if you could hear some of the testimonies that the teachers are talking about, the kids that are having, they're painting things, God's showing them things. I mean, this next generation is going to be so amazing. And God, we just thank you, Lord, for equipping us with all the gifts of the Spirit, Jesus, and that we will use them correctly in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we're going to share the gospel with everybody that we see. Lord, I thank you, God. Invite people to church with you. Some people haven't even been in a church building through this whole pandemic. They need to be in the house of God to feel the love of Jesus. I don't know if I did what you wanted me to do. but Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Nice. Like I have a, a, a scripture, but I want to share 
one more thing, and we're going to ask that anybody that wants to, that needs to, we have a prayer team that's up here and, and, and ready to, to pray with you, but I just want to bring a little bit of clarification to something that I was saying just a little bit ago. It's like clean hands and a pure heart. Uh, it made me think of a scripture where Jesus said, the prince of the power of the air or the prince of this world is coming, referring to the devil, but he says, he has nothing in me. He has nothing in me. He, he's been given all authority over the devil, over the enemy, over the demons, and he has given that authority to us, I'm saying, those that love him, that keep his commands. But And you say, well, you have to be perfect for that then, Pastor Lynn, you have to be perfect. I said, no, I say that we have to have clean hands and a pure heart before him. And that is simply confessing our sins. We just confess our sins, ask forgiveness, and instantly the slate is wiped clean. We are walking with clean hands and a pure heart. And I, I, I think there, there's something, God gave me a revelation several years ago when I was working with Celebrate Recovery and people struggling in drug addiction and all. And, and they would you know, come to me and say, you know, I don't, I, I don't even feel like I can ask to be forgiven again. And I said, well, when did you last ask? And you know, well, last week or something. I said, from God's perspective, the slate was wiped clean a week ago then. You're not asking again. You're asking for the first time. So from God's perspective, it's again, again. If we're not practicing sin, living in sin, but we're living for God with a desire to serve Him, and we are walking in repentance. When Holy Spirit reveals something to us, we're quick to repent and ask forgiveness. He is just as quick to forgive us. He sees us washed, He sees us clean, and His love for us does not falter. So if you need prayer this morning, if there's something that you need to confess and have somebody pray with you, if you need somebody to impart into your life, I just encourage you to come on up here. Because the God of love, the God of peace, our God, your God and my God, wants you walking shamelessly, holy, blameless, in Him. And we can get that way quick. Yes. Hebrews 13. Now may the God of peace, verse 20, now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.